Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I am Garrett, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. You can also catch us at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed, and you'll see our game reviews there, uh, something like t- 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 21 um, markets and 10 papers in the network, so real happy about that. You can catch me both online and on the air on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. Uh, the air show has been on a little bit of a hiatus lately as we're wrapping up the year, but uh, we are still doing the online contributions and a lot more coming. And, of course, we have our quarterly magazine, and uh, Student Review the Magazine. We're working on the latest issues, so that should be out in a couple of weeks. And, of course, we also have our great syndication partners from Sci-Fi Radio, Open Critics, Smash Bomb, and more. So a little bit crazy. We're getting to that time of year where there's a lot of uh, uh, things going on. If you hear a little noise in the background, our uh, Siamese assistant Mochi has decided to come and sit on my lap and take part in today's show, and she's uh, loudly expressing her opinions. So we're going to start off. It's just Justin and I tonight because Michael had some errands he had to run, and just the timing uh, was really tricky. So we wanted to start off with some gaming stories, and the first one is a game coming to PC called Blood West. Now, this is a little bit of retro graphics, uh, but what it has is an interesting Old West setting infused with Supernatural, and players have to essentially use stealth more than the run-and-gun techniques. You find things like an axe on the way, but there's all these creatures. You can use a basic attack or you can use a uh, strength attack, but that reduces your stamina just like running does. Your character is not a bullet sponge. They do not take lots of damage, and they do have to revive at various checkpoints. Um, items can be found, items can be sold to various traders, weapons can be um, had. I essentially went with a knife and a sawed-off shotgun, and I kept trying to do the run-and-gun, clear the town, and ammo is not plentiful, let me tell you that, and you have to develop an interesting uh, tactic. And it took me a little bit, because I'm so used to things like this from an FPS perspective, start racking them out start taking names and uh, it just didn't go that way so uh, interesting game lots of challenge other gaming things of note that you definitely want to pay attention to are the uh, pending avatar frontiers of pandora we just got something today about the behind the music we have that video on our socials and it sounds amazing and uh, we also got Pinball M's Tilt Into Terror, and that's got a brand new table for the thing. It's got one for Child's Play, lots of other um, horror games and stuff, all themed tables, so that's really good. And then, of course, for me, I'm very excited over what December 6 is going to bring, as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 and Warzone are going to get their Season 1 updates. There's going to be three brand new core multiplayer maps uh, a couple of uh, two-player maps, as well as new content for both Warzone and for the zombie mode. They put out a really impressive trailer. It looks great. For Honor has got a Year 7 Season 4 update coming. 
and there's a lot of other stuff. We even had something from Lego Brawls uh, coming along. Uh, Age of Darkness Exiles Return is coming December 5th. So it's just lots and lots of really good looking stuff, which for me is great because in about another two weeks, in theory, knock on wood, my schedule is going to slow down for a bit. Now, usually I'm not a big fan of that time of year because essentially from about December 20th to the second week of January, there's not a lot coming. We don't really have a lot of screeners. We don't have games being released outside of stuff for the Consumer Electronics Show. We don't really get a lot of email. I've got all this time off, but now I'm very grateful for it because it's a great time to catch up and plan out projects. So I'm looking forward to playing these games. Um, Justin, game-related. Uh, did you get a look at the brand-new images from the Fallout TV show coming to Prime Video? Yeah, I did. Uh, it looks good. I mean, visually, I think they've pretty much nailed it in terms of what anyone would look for in ter uh, for a Fallout show. I mean, the Brotherhood of Steel looks exactly like the Brotherhood of Steel uh, armor from the games. Um, pretty much the interior aesthetic that they have going for like how the vault dwellers, like the things they wear and what the vault looks like. I think the only thing that maybe concerns me just slightly about the visuals of, of what they showed, it didn't, it, it looked like, so all of the props looked pretty much perfect spot on of what you would expect for Fallout. The setting itself, it didn't look very um, post-apocalyptic, I guess, but I think it's probably a smart route to go because if you tried to kind of make a Mad Max style TV show I think that would be very expensive you can probably get by you know something more overgrown looking um, and you know kind of set it in an area that may may have not been directly nuked to oblivion so um, it, it makes sense it, I just from a visual standpoint it looks like uh, they've pretty much got um, the aesthetics down uh but i guess the what remains to be seen what it's about um you know uh how it's directing is and writing i think that uh is probably the next next thing to kind of look at look for what what was actually the premise for this show uh who are our characters and things like that but as far as uh visuals they've definitely uh it looks great one thing that's really interesting too is that the timing of this is fantastic because Fallout 76 is putting out another big free update um, very soon, and everybody is really excited about this. It's coming on December 5th, and it is called The Big Score. Now, they do various updates all the time, but whenever they have a big content update that's not just an event like the last one where they had you actually had to fly to an area and go into this thing called The Pit, uh, this one will let you go to Atlantic City. And there are casinos and all kinds of things to uh, encounter. And so, of course, you're going to obviously have the new cosmetics and the new items and the new outfits and, you know, armor and all of that stuff. But the fact that you're going to be able to mix it up in a new location is going to be very interesting. And I'll be curious to see what Atlantic City looks like in the Fallout universe. So that's something to look forward to coming on the uh, 5th of December. 
Now, Justin, I also wanted to bring up, we had a little bit of news in the Alien universe. Now, we've heard very clearly for a while that the upcoming Alien Romulus, Romulus film is indeed set between Alien and Aliens. Uh, that was confirmed by one of the cast members. And then, of course, we got news that the um, TV series had done some casting, including Timothy Oliphant, who is um, rumored to be a cybernetic. And then we also had some of the actors who Noah Hawley had worked with on Fargo before. So what do you make of all of that? Yeah, it's very exciting. All these projects are moving along. Uh, we're finally getting some casting news, which kind of tells us that uh, things are actually progressing. You know, occasionally you'll you'll follow these greenlit projects that kind of sit in production forever. But if they're getting people cast and um, we're getting news about what, when these uh, that when the series and this movie take place, I think that kind of tells us that we are actually getting these. Um, I, at the moment, I actually. I don't know which one I'm more interested in. I, I'm very curious at, uh, uh, what what Alien, Alien's Romulus is going to be. We know, like you said, it's going to be set between Alien and Aliens. So there's a lot of, um, there's obviously many decades of, um, of history between those two points. Uh, but the things that have been said so far about kind of how they're approaching it um, in terms of uh, aesthetic and you know, staying true to the source material and what things to explore. I think uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, Noah Hawley um, recently uh, talked a little bit about his approach towards the universe and kind of talked about uh, what are like the political situations, you know, what is kind of like the social situations uh, of the alien universe, which is something the movies didn't really explore really well. Um, I think those are questions that could and could be very interesting. Um I am uh, I inclined a little bit to uh, to think well, some of those questions um, actually being unanswered tends to be a little bit better um, and it like, adds a little bit to the mystique of the franchise. But if if he's able to kind of create an interesting setting and an interesting premise, I think it could end up being really cool. I'm very curious to see what they have, and we also have the Alien game in the works. That you know, who knows? Maybe at the Video Game Awards, we're going to get some kind of news about that. So lots of great stuff to look forward to. I even heard, and I, I want to say at the outset, I believe this is just an extremely wild rumor. It wasn't the most credible of outlets, but they're claiming that the uh, there is going to be a, a new Predator film, which, okay, I figure in time we're going to get another Predator film. But apparently they're saying this one would stay with the Native American theme but it would involve Native American code talkers in World War II. And I'm like, okay, you know, that'd be great if that was true, but I think that's just a little bit of fan service there. We've had a lot of people talking up, oh, wouldn't it be nice to see them in feudal Japan, that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, there's a part of me going, hey, a World War II setting in the jungle, eh, it could be interesting, but, you know, I'm saying that is just a wild rumor at this point. Uh one thing we definitely need to keep our eye out for is WonderCon. And as we record this now, tickets are on sale. Um, lots of stuff going on. We are definitely pitching panels already. I think we have pitched something like seven panels already uh, for it. So we have more coming. Very excited about the uh, 
options that are going to be presented there. And, of course, it will be March 29th through the 31st at the Anaheim Convention Center. It'll be very nice having the uh, – we didn't have this issue last year, but it'll be nice to see if this is uh, something that will get an even bigger Hollywood presence uh, with the actors' strike over, with the writers' strike over. Um, it's done by the people who do San Diego Comic-Con, and while it's not nearly as big, it is a very – sizable convention there is always some great stuff there from television and uh, the world of movies so we definitely want to check that out so justin speaking of the world of movies uh, i was looking at some of the release charts and i don't want to be mr doom and gloom but we do have to approach this um we've had the studios out talking and we had um Oh, what would be a nice way to put it? We had um, Bob Iger of Disney came out and he said, you know, perhaps, and I, and I am paraphrasing folks, perhaps the reason the Marvels didn't do so well is that filming during COVID, we didn't have the same number of people on the set. So therefore, there wasn't the same level of supervision that these films normally get or comments like... Uh, well, there's been too many sequels or, uh, you know, rather than focusing on developing other characters and that sort of thing. At the same time, you had uh, Dave Zavzloff over at Warner Brothers had implied that, well, you know, it took great courage to be able to um, shell films like Batgirl and, you know, Coyote versus Acme. So what do you make of those uh, sentiments? Yeah, but so with due respect to Bob Iger, I don't actually buy the the argument, really. I think it's a little bit of an excuse. I, I, there, I think there's an element of truth to it. I think the thing I agree most with is I, I do think there's maybe a little bit of uh, like an oversaturation. Uh, you know, you kind of look back of where the MCU was early on and uh, early phases, you really would only get about two or three movies a year. Um you know, I think first phase, second phase, I think you would get, you know, one big movie at the beginning of the summer, one big movie at the end of the summer. And eventually they ramped it up a little bit more where you'd get um, one kind of like really, really early on in blockbuster season, like maybe even in the spring. February. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like around March or April, you would get a big one and then you get a big one in the summer and then you get a big one at the end of the summer. Yeah. So you, they kind of. Yeah, so they were kind of ramped it up to three as their as their cadence. Um, you know, I think now with the inclusion of TV shows with it, I think it's becoming a bit much uh, for a lot of people to keep up with. Now, they are pretty smart at how they approach this, where you don't necessarily have to watch the TV shows in order to have the context to watch the movies, but it helps out quite a lot, especially if you, know, you look at the Marvels. Two of the main characters were mostly introduced in uh, TV shows of their own. Uh, you had to, had to have watched WandaVision and Miss Marvel. Uh, now, again, technically you didn't have to watch those. Uh, the movie was set up in a way where you didn't have to have you know, that context, but if, if you wanted to know more about those characters, you would have had to watch those TV shows. So not only um, are they asking audiences to keep up with the with the several movies that they release a year but also tv shows uh to get the full context and i think they're 
it's easy to get behind, and once you get behind, it's 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 tough to catch up. So I can definitely see where there's a sentiment out there where it's like, oh, you know, I'll 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 eventually go watch that movie later once I catch up with the TV to find the time to catch up with the TV shows and the other movies I've missed, uh, kind of thing. And that's kind of a roundabout way of saying that there is maybe a little bit of superhero fatigue, but I don't think that's really the full picture. And I think what I disagree with most of what he said is I don't necessarily think there's a problem with uh, supervision. Um, I guess maybe that's maybe there, there's aspects about, you know, the way that they create movies that I don't understand behind closed doors. But usually more executive involvement, I don't think necessarily produces better products um or, or i guess better movies um so i'm a little skeptical of that i think one of the one of their bigger problems uh, is they don't they're they're kind of aimless right right now where they're not really building towards a big uh event kind of like what uh the first couple phases of the marvel mcu did i think they're really struggling right now to bring all of these different characters and these different plot lines together into something cohesive um and easy to follow um so uh, i really think at the the best approach they could do uh if i were in their shoes is maybe do a little bit of a reset just shift a little bit and um maybe start building towards something new that's very kind of clear focused and concise uh really focus on the characters and uh and kind of like right the ship as it were i think those are all very valid points i think it's a hard thing. People have said, well, maybe people aren't spending the money to go into the theaters like they used to. Um, we've talked about that, you know, with all the streaming options and the quicker windows to streaming. Uh, then we have situations where some say, no, it's just a case of they're only coming to the big event films. Well, now we're seeing them not coming to the big event films. Uh, I'm very curious to see what tomorrow's going to hold, because tomorrow is uh, when you folks hear this will be today. Um is the launch for Indiana Jones and uh, his latest adventure, which, as we all know, didn't uh, light things up at the at Dial of Destiny, didn't light things up at the box office. I'm very curious to see how busy Disney Plus's streaming is going to be tomorrow. I think it's going to actually do quite well. And this leads me to the other discussion point. So... You know, screening-wise, we're in the midst of doing all these screenings of various independent films and large films because we do uh, our end-of-the-year critic voting. And I have uh, The Color Purple still to see. I have uh, Wonka, which I've heard really good early things on coming up. Uh, but then we have this little thing called Aquaman and uh, coming up. And we've heard all the stories about disastrous test screenings multiple reshoots, so on and so forth. Um, ironically, they're all Warner Brother films. I'm hearing some buzz that theater owners are extremely nervous because they don't think there's the big um, draw for the December cinema uh, amongst those films. And so I'm curious what you make of it, Justin. I... I, I think that that's a definitely a warranted war, uh, concern just because uh, i think a lot of the movies that 
they were going to release towards the end of the year. Like Dune, among them, I think was supposed to be a big release towards the end of Huge. November. Um, def got delayed into clear into next year. So I, I think a lot of the movies that would have carried that December box office are, have now been delayed into next year. Um, and given that the Marvels didn't perform very well, I, I definitely think the other superhero movies that are slated to come out uh, are also probably um, cause for concern. So unfortunately there isn't, it's too late now and there's not really much they could do. I mean, I, there's, there's minor things maybe that they could, uh, um, you know, re-release things and put things back in the theaters that did well you know from early in the year i think that's definitely possible but unfortunately there isn't really a whole lot else that they can do at this point to uh to kind of get people into seats in december yeah because i was thinking about that and uh you know let's go back to 2019 let's not we're not going to have a debate about quality and so on and so forth but I remember going uh, Christmas morning, we opened up our gifts, and, you know, we're like, okay, so we're good. We've got the uh, day ahead of us. What do you want to do? And I had already seen it at the press screening, but my wife wasn't able to make it to that one. So we went over to the uh, to the Alamo Draft House, it's, uh, and uh, we went and we saw the last Star Wars movie. And then we went and had lunch, and we said, you know what, what the heck, it's still early. We went back and saw the latest Jumanji film. We were actually traveling when that press screener was held, so we weren't able to go to that. I'm not seeing a draw. I mean, I have situations where, you know, it was brought up to me, hey, you've got some free movie tickets uh, coming to you, you know, from gifting and rewards and stuff like that. I'm not seeing a draw, uh, anything out there right now that, you know, not saying that I haven't enjoyed the movies that I've seen. I've seen some really good ones. I haven't seen anything out there that makes me say, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to the theater. Now, to be fair, I am going to get to see things like The Color Purple. I am going to get to see Aquaman. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm more curious about staying home, getting caught up on some of my reading, getting caught up on several of these streaming shows, as well as getting caught up on um you know various games and movies and stuff like that so it'd be very interesting and you know it, it's funny because as we mention all this stuff about uh marvel and all that uh, apparently uh tom holland is still very active about wanting to come back and do a spider-man film but he does have obviously some conditions and i don't think it's all uh financial but he wants to make sure, you know, essentially that it's done properly and it's done for the right reasons and not just as a cash grab. I think a Spider-Man film would definitely solve a lot of the problems. Uh, we've got uh, Thunderbolts coming very soon. And it was an interesting story that um, we heard stories that it is a little more um, straightforward and, and that it wasn't as... Um, affected by the strikes and that sort of thing. We also have the fantastic performances coming up of um, oh, one second. Folks, a little time.
apologize, folks. Somebody came to the door and didn't bother reading the do not ring the bell, do not knock sign, so the dogs are absolutely going crazy right now. Um, but anyway, the Thunderbolts uh, looks to be pretty good. The cast is confident about it. We also have Deadpool 3 in the works, so hopefully some really good stuff coming with that. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? A lot of good stuff out there, but... <sighs> You know, so many concerns, and that's the big thing. You're dealing with such huge amounts of money. Um, you know, just crazy, crazy stuff all around. So, Justin, what uh, other things did you have on your list of things that you wanted to uh, discuss today? I think that just about covers a lot of the big news that I that I've seen. I mean, obviously, right around the corner we have the VGAs, which tends to be a big uh, event for reveals, so new trailers, any new uh, content for for video games. So some maybe like a little mini E3 um, right at the end of the year. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, folks. I hope you have a fantastic evening and a great week ahead. Be safe, and we look forward to talking to you soon.